podcast is brought to you by CEW Plus at the University of Michigan in Ann Arbor as we work to serve our community during this unprecedented time of change. Resiliency is best demonstrated in times of challenges. Join CEW Plus Director Tiffany Mara as she talks to students, staff, faculty, and community members connected to the University of Michigan's Center for the Education of Women Plus in our podcast, Strength in the Midst of Change. So to tell you a little bit about myself, my name is Tiffany Marr, and I'm the director at uh, the Center for the Education of Women. One of my passions has been to capture stories of strength at U of M so that they can inspire others. I've also found storytelling to be a powerful tool to highlight unique ways in which individuals demonstrate their strength. So this podcast is a continuation of that work, and I'm very grateful that you're willing to speak to me about your experiences. It was clear from the town hall that you are a very strong leader, that you're making your own mark in the world at U of M and well beyond. It's truly an honor to get to speak to you. Would you mind introducing yourself and describing your path to U of M and why you decided to major in political science and Afro-American and African studies? Yeah, definitely. My name is Darlene York. I am a rising senior here at Michigan studying political science and Afro-American African studies. I'm very involved on campus. I'm president of my sorority, Sticking and Rose Sorority Incorporated, IOTA Psi Chapter. I'm secretary for NAACP, the chapter here in Michigan, and I'm also parliamentarian for the National Pan-Hellenic Council. So those are my positions that I do on campus, but I also like to mentor students in the Country and Studies Program, or CSP. So I'm quite deep, but um, that was due to really my involvement. My freshman year um, started either my second or my third week here as a freshman back in fall of 2017. Every, everybody was really still high over, over tensions from the election. So there was a lot of racial issues on campus, especially targeted towards the black community, which was, it wasn't new to me. I was very much aware of racial issues, but I hadn't been center of it because I grew up in a predominantly black neighborhood, went to a predominantly black high school. So coming here to a PWI and having to really adjust to daily microaggressions and being fully immersed in in the racial problems that play a lot of the country right now and that people are finally starting to see, it hit me smack in the face my freshman year. So a lot of racial slurs were flying around and being vandalized on people's doors my freshman year. So I really was passionate about social justice and social work. And myself and a couple of my other friends decided to put together a peaceful protest just to show the university and the rest of the campus that this is not okay, this is very hurtful, and this is something that's continuing around the country, you know, despite the fact that we just had the first black president. Now we have a president that um, encourages hateful rhetoric, encourages divisive, divisive means to just spark fear and spark disrespect in the community. So our goal was really just to show that we are strongly against all of those and just to start somewhere because we were we were freshmen. We were basically babies at that time. So we really just wanted to make our impact in the best way that we know how. Yeah. So how has your thinking about making an impact shifted? You mentioned, you know, you're young, you're freshmen. It was the best that you could do. What would you do differently if you could go back and revise how you demonstrated your voice as a freshman? If I could do anything differently, I would definitely try to do more research. I didn't know about the previous, the historical significance of 
black resistance on campus, referring to the black action movements and BBUM. I wasn't aware of that because I had been stopped to campus. So I do wish that I did know about that so that I had more ground to stand on and more of a a basis to go off on. But I think overall, I think it was a success. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, you clearly made a difference. I think that's a good lesson for all of us that before we go into activism work, like it's key to kind of understand and ground ourselves in historical action as we enter into it. Um, I believe you were the president of N- NAACP for uh, U of M, is that correct? Yeah, I was, previous, I was the previous president for the last academic term. Yeah, you know, in that, that had to be a really unique time to be a leader with everything going on. You know, what would, what would you say were your highlights of your leadership in that period? I definitely wanted to push administration and my other peers who are in civil leadership in positions like CSG just to be aware that we did just find out that the presidential debate was going to be on campus. So that was really one of my main concerns to make sure that the safety of students of color and black students were a priority and that our mental health was taken seriously and that our academics was prioritized just so that things don't just get pushed to the back burner in the in the pursuit of a political conversation. Although I think that political conversations from different point of views are very important, I don't think that it should be at the expense of a black student's experience on campus or their safety or different things that might happen to them on campus because you can't they can't control what happens but I would rather be preventative than reactive because I know how it feels to be especially be an incoming freshman and have to be faced with that as soon as you step on campus because we weren't we weren't obviously aware that we would be in the midst of a pandemic right now but last fall but I did want to help prepare um, campus and other students to help especially the incoming freshmen and just ourselves in general um, to be prepared for when that debate does happen so that we are not being reactive but we're being proactive about students and their well-being. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what do you think is the best possible outcome from the presidential debate, if it does come to you of them? Mm, I don't know, because there's so many things and there's so many fights happening at the same time. We're dealing with a pandemic that is likely not going away anytime soon. So health concerns and the pandemic disproportionately affects Black people. So that's the thing. <laughs> We're dealing with mm-hmm. mental health, trying not to get burnt out trying to make sure that the movement is consistent and it's always being talked about so it doesn't fade into the background when it's not in the news cycle anymore, dealing with um, financial struggles for people who have been laid off due to the pandemic. It's mm-hmm. just so many things happening simultaneously. So um, I do think that we should rethink how to approach the debate as a university I don't know if it's still happening as planned because of social distancing requirements or anything like that, but I I haven't heard anything differently. So I'm just trying to plan as if it was still happening. I just, my main concern is that I don't want other people or people, residents of Ann Arbor or other students to use the, the debate as an opportunity to be harmful. That's like right one fear, mm-hmm. harmful in any way, verbally, physically, microaggression-wise, which is a thing that happens mm-hmm. daily. So 
police brutality, you know, health disparities have been have been discriminatory in the US for a long time, right? Hundreds of years. What's different about this particular point in history? I think that like you said, police brutality has been happening for years. There's nothing new. But the black community has been trying to tell the world that this was happening to us even when things were on videotape and we had strong evidence in previous years and previous cases. But I think that right now it's just an uprising of frustration and that we will just we we're demanding that the world listen in a different way. I think we're utilizing social media now more than ever, especially making sure that things are trending so that things are constantly in the news cycle, making sure that we're circulating petitions all the time, making sure that we're donating to the right beneficiaries and making sure that the right information is available to those so that they can learn more. So I think that social media, the big part of why people are having more conversations, different brands are all of a sudden now supporting Black Lives mm-hmm. Matter, which is important. It's just interesting that now is the time that we seem to have the intention of the world for a longer period of time, at least from what I've seen in recent history. So I'm excited and glad that people are finally somewhat listening, but it's just a shame that it had to happen where people have been murdered for it to happen. I don't mm-hmm. think that, you know, Breonna Taylor, George Floyd, mm-hmm. anybody should be murdered for the demand for basic respect and basic human rights. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what's been amazing to me is that even with all the attention, the police continue to shoot black men, you know, even with all of this attention and the call to change and that it continues on, you know, what has, you know, the past four months have rocked all of our worlds, right, between COVID and you named a lot of them already, but what has been your greatest challenge in this period? I think my greatest challenge was really learning to balance everything and understand that I can't be beneficial to the movement or to anything unless like myself and my mental health is where it needs to be. I really learned that from my freshman year. I felt myself getting burnt out, especially trying to figure out how to be a student here, how to balance social life. And now I'm throwing in social activism, which is which is something I'm so passionate about. But I have to learn how to balance those things and how to make everything basically on a schedule so that nothing gets neglected. So I really try to push prioritizing students who are socially active, take maybe like a day off of social media, right? Because it can be very overwhelming and very disheartening to always have to see, oh, another black person was lynched today, mm-hmm. different person from yesterday, another black woman, mm-hmm. um, another black woman's name isn't being said, another black woman or black trans woman has been murdered, you know, not forgetting that mm-hmm. there are different intersectionalities in the black community that affect different people. So it's very, it can get very mentally draining having to be a student leader, a social activist. So I really recommend like take a day off of social media and don't feel guilty about it. Cause sometimes, you know, we may feel that we're not, we're not moving the, the chains further or moving things to where they need to be if we're taking a break, taking a mental break. When in actuality, it's okay to do that. It's okay to ask for help. Definitely had to learn that to help, to ask for help in terms of, can you please get this done? Can you please send this email for me? Or basic things like, 
I'm going to take a break today, but I'm going to come back tomorrow stronger. So mm-hmm. just prioritize yourself anytime. Yeah, when you do take a moment to break and to pause, you know, what strategies are you using to kind of rejuvenate yourself? I definitely, myself, I'm a spiritual person, so I really rely on prayer, so depression and anxiety, so just calm my anxiety down especially so it doesn't overtake my day and it makes me non-productive and it makes me overly anxious about things that some of the things that I can't control or I can't fix by myself. So I really rely on that. And I started doing yoga. That's been good for me just to make sure that my body is also relaxed and it's listening to how I feel on the inside and just making sure that everything can change. Yeah. What are you most proud of accomplishing or having navigated um, over the past four months as you've watched everything unfold? I'm really proud of... I think the community as a whole making more room for different intersectionalities. I think that in the past with different movements, it's been male dominated. And now we're really pushing black women who have experienced police brutality, black women who have died as a result of police brutality, and also black LGBTQ people who contribute to the movement, have been contributing to the movement. Their names are really finally coming to the forefront, and I think that it's well-deserved. So I think that that's something that hasn't happened as much as it should or recently. So I'm glad that people are finally listening. Mm -hmm. And with being able to see the intersections of all that are affected, not just a few intersections. Just making sure that People understand that Black people are not monolithic because we all have different experiences, different backgrounds. We come from different socioeconomic statuses. We have different experiences and different thought and ideas and different points of views that should be taken into consideration when calling out or when describing the Black experience. It's not just one experience, but all do matter because it's important in how we look at things in the world. Yeah, right. And I'm trying to end every podcast on a slightly uplifting and lighter note. So the first one is everyone's searching for more information and trying to learn about history and trying to learn about, you know, the public health crisis, uh, racial disparities, all that's going on. You know, is there a podcast, TV show, book, or something else that you'd recommend? And then the last question would be, do you have an inspirational thought or quote that you'd like to share with listeners? The best way to find information, trying to learn, whether you're an ally, whether you're in the community or not, I think it's just, it's, it sounds simple, but it's really Google. Like, <laughs> we all have Google, I would assume, because I know there's different uh, circumstances, just now not being able to go to certain places, but a lot of us do utilize Google or the internet on a daily basis. It's really simple to Google an article. There's so many different articles that talk about the different areas of the Black experience. There's articles on health disparities in the Black community. There's articles on public housing and those disparities that we face. There's articles on the prison to pipe, the school to prison mm-hmm. pipeline. Like there's so many resources available. It's, I think that sometimes it's really just about deciding to pick one aspect a day and focus on that. Mm-hmm. and read things and read everything that you can about that. I think that, you know, reading, just read as much as you can. Honestly, 
so you don't so you just don't put the pressure of having to always explain the black experience or things that happen in the black community to other people because that is exhausting as well Oh, for sure. Have you been binge-watching any shows that are kind of more on the fun side that you might recommend others? On the fun side? Hmm. I definitely watched Issa Rae's movie on Netflix called The Lovebirds. Mm-hmm. I definitely watched Insecure before the season finale. Those are two of my things that I've been watching. The Lovebirds is really a comedy. It's really funny so that it's not always about something that is disheartening you know insecure gives me something to talk about with my friends other than everything else that's going on and really debate that a lot on who was right who was wrong in the season and things like that yeah those are two things that i've been watching that's cool i have to check out both as i love you Ray. all right how about an inspirational thought or quote i think an inspirational thought i can leave with is really just support black people in any way you can during this time because we're fighting multiple battles and multiple avenues in our life in multiple ways so just making sure to check up on your friends check up on your family and understand that this is a marathon and not a sprint but that the hashtag black lives matter is not just a hashtag it's something that is true and it's something that we will continue to demand until we see that it's met Elena, thank you so much for your time. I I truly am honored to have a chance to speak with you, and I really appreciate your wisdom and uh, your willingness to share. Thank you for listening to CEW's podcast, Strength in the Midst of Change. To learn more about this episode or the services and virtual programming offered by CEW+, please visit cew.umich.edu. Here at CEW Plus, we navigate circumstantial barriers by providing academic, financial, and professional support to help you reach your personal potential. Established to support women through higher education, we lift up women and all underserved communities at the University of Michigan and beyond. Through career and education counseling, funding, workshops, events, and a diverse, welcoming community, we exist to empower. We are CEW Plus, and we are here to help you reach your potential. The University of Michigan resides on the traditional territories of the three fires peoples, the Ojibwa, Odawa, and Potawatomi.